0: All right, sweet. You look beautiful. Contouring and shading. Thank you, thank you very much. YouTube makeup tutorials, not good for me. One-on-one lessons, on point. So I'm (laughs) glad that you think my skin looks great and I'll tell my makeup artist as well that you complimented it. Yes, yes, It's Leomi Anderson here with the most amazing guest for you today on Role Model. Honestly, I am so excited for this one. This lady is funny, witty, intelligent, talented beyond belief. And when it comes to dating advice and knowing your worth, she's got it down. I'm way too amazing for you to want to keep me a secret. I bring way too much to the table. She inspired me alongside so many to find my confidence and embrace being a confident Black girl. And she's still inspiring me right now as we get real about mental health and seeking therapy.
1: And sweetheart, nobody has to know that that's what you're working through. Mm, Just let them see the results.
0: Like, ooh, she's got a different glow about her. I grew up watching this superstar, and we're going to talk about that very moment she was asked to join what would be the biggest girl group on the planet.
1: You have to learn how to recognize an opportunity. Because sometimes mm. it's not that a person is scared of success, sometimes they just don't know when to recognize an opportunity.
0: I am so excited to have on my podcast today, Michelle Williams. Woo! <laughs>
1: Hello everybody, Leomi, thank you so much for having me.
0: No, thank you so much for coming on and I see you got your book there in the back which we're going to be getting into it and today I have you on role model because as I said you have been such a big inspiration and I love the fact that you've just been so unapologetically yourself and true to yourself throughout your journey which not actually that many celebrities honestly can really say they have been and so I'm so happy to have you on the podcast.
2: Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of the IC terms and conditions apply.
0: I thought we would just start just a little bit of background because you know it's always good to hear where your roots are from and where basically you found your confidence and I know that the church was one of your big 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 inspirations growing up so can you just tell me one of your earliest memories of church and your earliest memories of music well I would definitely say confidence for me probably
1: was rooted in the church you know I sang in the choir Um, I was in a few gospel groups and so sometimes you're even put on the spot Of singing, right? And so that's where you just kind of learn. You learn your notes. You learn um,
0: just to be able to get up at the drop of a hat and sing. I used to sing at church as well. Obviously, I don't know what happened. My voice must have like changed during puberty or something because the talent vacated (laughs) but I'll never forget the times when my grandma would be like oh just go up there go on go on and I'll be up there like when Jesus washed singing my heart out thinking I sounded like you (laughs) but I definitely (laughs) did (laughs) it and so you actually went to uni and you studied criminal justice tell me what made you pick that course Mm. tell me a bit more about that You know, for a long time, I've been intrigued
1: by the root of people's behavior and why they choose to do what they do. Mm. And my thing was to go into it possibly, I wanted to be an attorney or a forensic psychologist. And to be a forensic psychologist is literally getting to the root of behavior, a crime committed, getting into the mind of the person that did it. But mm, I wanted CSI. Yes. What is that? But I wanted <laughs> to do it from a restorative, a rehabilitative stand because there is a root to all of our behavior mm-hmm. and responses, and so that's kind of the why people just don't get up in the morning and say, "I want to harm somebody." Something happened to them psychologically. Mm-hmm. Not that it's giving anyone a pass or a way out of murdering someone, abusing someone, killing, raping, whatever. That's not an excuse. But it is the
0: root. And I guess, although you um, ended up leaving to pursue music, I guess that kind of intrigue yeah. that you had, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it must've carried on throughout your career because especially in your industry, you've probably come across so many characters that having that background must've been like very helpful and give you a different kind of perspective on people. Because if I had that knowledge, the way yeah. I would be analyzing people, yeah. But you I'm, know I'll be <laughs> You
1: don't want to do it too much because, you know, uh, you want to be discerning of who's in your circle. But it could be a problem if you're trying to date. If you're always analyzing like mm. right exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you you begin to not trust because you're always analyzing instead of things organically Taking place, taking
0: place. Fair enough, and we're going to talk about the dating as well right. because I read a very hilarious snippet <laughs> from your book, which we're going to discuss. Because I need some more advice from you, and now that I know that you have this analytical background as well, I'm like, mm-hmm, your you, your you, advice you is going know, to be you ten know. out of ten, baby. You know, you know. <laughs> so, what gave you the confidence and that trust in yourself that you are making the right decision to leave uni to pursue music? You have to have peace about the
1: decision, even if you have a little fear. I know fear and peace, two total different things that cannot reside. But if you know that I am pursuing my passion. And crazy enough, you know, I am going back to school. So sometimes Mm -hmm. when you pursue your passion years later, it might even lead you back to one of your first passions and schooling had a lot to do with it. So now I'm just Mm. kind of in a little shift because you know, with the work that I'm doing now in the area of mental health, I can see myself counseling people,
0: but I have to have Mm. a degree and certification to be able to do that. See, that's so crazy. It's like a whole 360. And in a way, if you didn't take that step to pursue music, do everything that you've done, and come back to this, maybe you'd always have that feeling in your heart of like, what if, what if, what if? And now you've kind of answered all your what ifs and you're going back to your original roots. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: I do think education is important if you have the time. You know, a lot of us have Mm. gone on to lead extraordinary successful lives. You know, you in the area that you're successful in, Leomi, one day, I don't know, you might decide, you know, I want to go to school. I don't know. You know, whatever that is we're in a position to do what we want and what we think will be best, you know, for
0: legacy. Legacy, that's a good word Mm -hmm. to use. Because I don't know if I'm ever gonna go back to school, but I've positioned myself in a way that if I wanted to, I can go back. I made sure that I got good enough results and stuff. But we're gonna get into that. And that's the whole conversation. But when you come to London and we sit down and we have cocktails, we'll talk about that. Absolutely, friend, (laughs) absolutely. Before joining Destiny's Child, your first introduction into the professional music industry was actually being a backup singer for the likes of Monica, which is crazy to think that you were like, what, 19, 20 years old doing this. Explain that to me. And did you ever feel like nervous in those moments? Because I would be shitting myself. Excuse my language. (laughs) Crazy thing is
1: I was in college. I was finishing up my last
0: semester of
1: my second year in college when that opportunity to sing background for Monica came my way. That gig was for the summer. And I was like, okay, I can go back to school. you know. <laughs> but I really loved being on the road. I loved that life of doing music professionally. Hmm. And so after the Monica thing happened, the opportunity to sing for Destiny's Child happened a few months later. So that's why I'm like, sometimes... There are good opportunities. You have to learn how to recognize an opportunity because sometimes Mm. it's not that a person is scared of success. Sometimes they just don't know when to recognize an opportunity. So I recognized a once in a lifetime opportunity.
0: And see, anybody listening to this, just take that into consideration and absorb that, that sometimes taking what could feel like a big risk or a big leap can lead you to the most happiest and most fulfilling times of your life. So take note, listeners. That's right. (laughs) So you joined in 1999 and that was because you had members Lativia and Latoya who had just left and you were entering into a dynamic where Beyonce and Kelly had known each other for Mm -hmm. years since they were kids what was it like entering into that space Mm -hmm. especially you're still such a young girl because I used to get nervous even going to a model apartment where I'm walking into a room of girls that I don't really know Mm -hmm. that well so you literally launching into a whole career you know the great thing is we had an opportunity
1: to get to know each other before I officially became a member of Destiny's Child and you can tell a person's heart Mm. you know just by the energy that they exude we bonded over food so I knew (laughs) that even if I was not in the group with them that I would run into them somewhere along my path musically and we'd
0: be cool and you're all so young it was such a explosive rise to the top. Can you explain to me, what was your first like, oh my God, this is happening moment? Well, one of those pinch me moments was landing
1: in London and we had (laughs) a concert. I think it was our first concert together as a trio at Shepherds Bush. Oh! And I remember getting out the car or the van and People had signs with my name on it. And it was such a good way to welcome me into the group, welcome me into the world of performing where people were already a supporter of mine. Because, you know, when you come into a group that was already established, you have to remember that Latoya and Latavia, they also had their own fans, Mm. And so people were disappointed that they had to leave. And I was like, are people going to be mad at me seemingly like you came and took their place? (laughs) Um, But to know that there are people who welcomed me with open arms, the fans and supporters. So I'll never forget descending upon London and the signs with my name on them saying, welcome to London, Michelle. I was like, that was so nice. (laughs) Thank you. So that's a memory that I have, you know, to this day.
0: You want to know what's so funny. I'm not sure maybe if it was that particular tour of you guys but maybe it was but my mum and my brother they used to go to every single concert okay and I remember I badly wanted to go with them to see your concert. obviously I was too young at the time so my mum even though she's going to be like Leomi why are you putting this in the podcast sometimes when they went out to concerts she would just leave me at home she'd be like it's time for you to go to bed put me to bed and I'd be like oh I'm scared mum I don't want to be left alone Ah. and she gave me a mirror and she said if you get scared just look at yourself in the mirror." and then she was like bye <laughs> and then, no, it's cool though because in the morning i woke up and she stuck a destiny's child poster on my door and when i woke up i was like oh my god so yeah and i probably still have that in my house that's so
1: sweet i want to give a <laughs> shout
0: out to your mom then that was very sweet mom exactly <laughs> so what was your big first purchase that was like ooh? I got, I got my money now. I got my, my right. life together. Like, what was your thing? You
1: know what? I remember buying a truck. I Ooh. always
0: wanted my first pair of Dolce
1: and Gabbana jeans. Like, that's a Ooh. big deal. To it's buy a huge deal. <laughs> a designer pair of jeans, I wore them all the time. I said, I'm going to get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. So some of the my uh, you know you you buy your car and then you you're fortunate to be able to get a home that you want. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember those purchases, but I would say that Dolce and Gabbana pair of jeans <laughs> that was huge for me because I wasn't into buying a lot of designer clothes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to buy stuff that would last
0: or would mm-hmm. build wealth. But you know, I find myself treating myself a little splash. Yeah, Yeah. as you should, as you said. And I actually just bought a vintage pair of Dolce & Gabbana jeans. Maybe they might be yours. (laughs) They just (laughs) might be! They were a light blue. Check, check. I'm light blue too, so you never Kinda know. They <laughs> of high-waisty. Not high-waisty, but they weren't like low-rise or anything. Oh, no. My ones are low-rise. They're even a little bit small. I'm like, I don't care. I love them so much. I'm like, I'm going to keep wearing them until the button pops off. Sometimes they vintage. You never know what size is going to come, but I love them. Yeah, so. I got to find them. I got to find those jeans. I've got to find them. And do you have a favorite music video or like music video look? that you guys shot. Um, I loved Survivor. Um, I loved the hair and the clothing. Mm. Yeah, Survivor. Come on now, every girl that I know was out looking for some camo. Right, that was me. That was my mm-hmm. vibe. Your music made me feel like I'd gone through a whole lifetime of turmoil, and I was only a teenager. I was like, what am I surviving? I don't know, but yeah. I'm surviving some. something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> something and now that you're older I'm sure you have survived at least one thing and oh trust me uh, trust mm-hmm. and believe now the songs are ringing truer than ever see <laughs> Obviously, on the outside and to your fans, everything just looked so amazing. You guys shot to success and it all looked so glamorous and Mm. beautiful. But what were the true realities of being so successful, so watched and so idolized in your early 20s?
1: I looked at it from a positive because there were so many people's lives being impacted, even by our song Survivor. There are people who are alive today Mm. because Survivor kept them from taking their life or it gave them confidence, Mm. you know? So I looked at it from that point, not from a place of me being superior, like, ooh, people look up to me. It was from a place of, wow, music can really make a difference in a person's life. It Mm. really can make impact. So we all looked at it from that perspective.
0: That's really beautiful. And as you said, you impacted so many people with your music, which is beautiful, but that's also Mm. a lot of pressure. You were so young and you're still learning about Mm. yourself. How did you navigate the Destiny's Child, Michelle, and being yourself? The cool thing, interpersonally with the girls,
1: I feel like I was giving them, my first name is Tanitra. So I feel like they were getting to Nitra, but it was a different shift that happened once I got on stage. I feel like that's Michelle. We were coming up in the Internet era, but we weren't coming up in the era of social media, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Twitter wasn't around back in 2005. Yeah. No. So thank God it wasn't.
0: <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about social media now? Like, how do you think things would have been different for you if social media was around when you were in Destiny's Child? Oh my gosh. It would have been a
1: mess. Because mm. everybody has an opinion of what they think you should be doing, how you should be doing it. And that's okay. You, you're you entitled to your thoughts.
0: But I don't need to be aware of your thoughts of me. Agreed agreed yeah. I completely understand that and recently one of the members of well ex-members of Little Mix Jessie Nelson she recently left the group after 10 years because of the toll that it was taken on her mental health and she was mm. talking mainly about the fact that it was the the pressure that you know social media and trolls put on her it made her think a lot about her body it made her really insecure it gave her really bad anxiety and it's the point where she had to leave and although yeah. she's still loves making music she just couldn't be part of the girl group anymore and is that something that you could kind of like empathize with or like understand because even though you didn't have social media then you still had those pressures and you still had the internet brewing and Mm. you know putting their perceptions and ideas of who you should be and what you should be I definitely empathize with that
1: but Destiny's Child we were we were blessed because we had like family members mm. working with us, protecting us. So I could imagine what other girl groups are going through when you don't know if people really care about your well-being. Exactly.
0: exactly. You're working for a machine. Yeah, they were also X Factor as well. So a hundred percent, yeah. yeah. You know,
1: but, it, but at the same time, your dreams are coming true. But who do you have that really cares about your well-being that can say- Okay, I see this is affecting you. Let's talk about it. Let's at least talk about it. Let's help get you through. Destiny's Child, we had Beyonce's mom and dad. We had a family. So it was run like a family. It was, oh, my, even my family felt good that I was on the road. We were protected. We were protected. We were protected from <laughs> grimy people. It tried to get to us, but there was a filter like,
0: yeah, this ain't going to get to the girls. You know what I mean? That is amazing. And that protection, honestly... I wish that more young girls in both, like, the music, fashion, any sort of creative industries, I wish that existed for more young women because yeah, I feel like too. it's very it's very lawless and very, like, unregulated. And because on the outside everything looks so glamorous, people mm. don't give a second thought to actually what we go through. Was mental health ever something that was discussed with you guys?
1: No, it was not. It was not discussed. You almost didn't have time to discuss it. Mm. You know, you were on planes, you were on tour... You were in a photo shoot. You were doing interviews. You were doing this. You were doing that. So by the time you went home, you went to sleep, (laughs) you know, and hoping you'd feel better the next day. Now, I had to take control of that. And that Mm. is a risk that you do take by saying, hey, I need a few weeks to reset. Or I need a month. I need a few months to reset. And I think I don't know too much about the modeling industry, but hopefully- You're able to one day say, hey, I I just need a break. I need a day. Mm. We have to work that in. You have to, Leomi. Yeah. Because being able to walk the runway in a whole healed place has to be an amazing feeling. And you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. And I'm not even saying that you have to get therapy because something tragic has taken place. You can get therapy just to process transition. You know, I just, I need to process me being in New York for three months at a time. I need to process how to make it work for me. I need to process transitioning because I won't be singing forever. I won't be modeling forever. Prepare me now mentally, you know? So I, I think that you owe it to yourself. You know, because you can be doing great now, but there are certain things that could have taken place in childhood. Those symptoms of it being unhealed will come up in your adulthood. I know. It will. And that's not to say we should be ashamed of it. It takes a lot of strength and courage. So let's silence the shame, but amplify courage and bravery by saying, you know what? I'm killing it in the world of modeling but I'm a hot mess on the inside. And that's okay, but process that with somebody that's safe and somebody you trust and someone who won't use it against you later.
0: I want to find a therapist that works for me. Everyone says, Oh, I feel like I've worked through my stuff. But you, really, just saying that you've accepted something that's happened in your past doesn't necessarily mean that you've really gone through it properly. So, I definitely something that I want to do for myself.
1: Well, absolutely. Because when you've gone through something hurtful in your past, and if you didn't have anybody to process that with, mm. how did you process the pain and how are you coping? Today, with that pain, do you Mm. build walls? Are you not trusting in relationships? You don't know how, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's like, you know how to give love, but you're afraid to receive love because you're not trusting the love. You're not trusting who it's coming from. Or you might even feel like, I don't deserve this love. There's a root to that. There's a root to that. And it's okay to be like, you know what? I've jacked up in some relationships because I didn't think I was deserving of love. And people get tired of that. You know? And so you have to do it for yourself. So that cycle of dysfunction, it stops with me.
0: You're so right. Okay. I'm going to take this as my sign, Leomi. Get it together. Yeah. So. <laughs> honey, I'll let you know. And, how and, it goes. and sweetheart,
1: nobody has to know that that's what you're working through. Mm, just true? let them see the results. Like, ooh, she's got a different glow about her. It's not just the primer or the <laughs> lighting, it's, it's the inner work she's doing.
0: She walks different.
1: Honey, you think that walk down the runway is fierce now?
0: <laughs> she's got an extra pep in that step.
1: Yes, it's something <laughs> strong, it's some strength in there. And it's not strength because what I got on is fierce. It's the work I've been doing on the inside. And then the trailblazer that you could be in your industry, you know, as it relates to mental health, you're going to look back and be like, that's the legacy I want to leave.
0: A hundred percent. You're right. Because I've seen too many people fall simply because they didn't ask for help or they didn't know where to go for help.
1: There are so many people... As public figures, a lot of us, it's what we run to because we're like, if I can just get out the house, if I can just get out this toxic situation and just become successful, I'm going to be okay. That's what happened to me. (laughs) Oh, if I can just make some money and just, I don't have to depend on nobody, I'm going to be okay. And for a while I was okay, but Mm. there came a time where I was like, okay, sis, what's the motivation behind this decision, you know?
0: it's so crazy that you say that because I've been working consistently now for like 11 years with no breaks because for me, not that my happiness is going to come from my success because that's something that I tried to like not think because you can't really associate your happiness with like a material success or like say that once I've achieved mm-hmm. this pillar in my job, then that means now I can allow myself to be happy. I need to find my own happiness now. But it is really hard and it is hard, especially I feel... When you're, like, a young Black woman, I feel like you put so much pressure on yourself to put other people first. Like, I want to be successful to be able to help my family. I want to be successful to be a role model to other young Black women. But then I need to think about myself and, like, my own happiness.
1: And, yeah, and and it's defining what success means
0: for you. Exactly. I know. I know it can't just be about material stuff as well. You know,
1: now it can be. Let's not act like (laughs) success does not afford you nice things okay and that's okay so you have to define what it is for you and if you're reaching that you're gonna be happy see i like this it's nice to be able to go out to Mm -hmm. dinner and you really don't have to look at the check yes you Thank put you. That- card down. Let me tell you why I'm not going to look at the check because I know we spent a lot of money. We ordered everything on this video. <laughs> so I don't even want to look at it. Just take my credit card. Yes. But like I said, you have to define what success is for you. Success mm. could be I'm just emotionally whole. With all that I have, with this success, my emotions are in check. I'm good. Mm. That. That could be someone's level of success. Being able to provide for my family consistently, that could be a person's level of success. Being able to get up and go to work every single day and get my paycheck, that could be success for you. You have to gauge success for yourself. You have to gauge success for where you see yourself five years from now, 10 years from now. But it has to be what you want it to be
0: and not what someone else is forcing it to Mm. be for you. And when do you feel like you found your true definition of what happiness and success was? Well, with everything that happened to me in
1: 2018, that was the moment for me where I was like, I'm going to only do what gets me motivated every morning. Mm. So when I, I look at my calendar for today, it's loaded, but it's, because I'm passionate about the work that I'm doing. So
0: yes. it doesn't feel overwhelming to me because I'm not doing what other people want me to do. I love that. And that's the thing, isn't it? That that phrase of, you know, if you find the thing that you love, then you feel like you never work a day in your life kind of thing, it is that's kind right. of, even though that's kind of like a simplified version of it, you've gotten to that point now where you feel that you're fulfilled with everything that you do and everything that you put your energy into. And mm-hmm. that is just mm-hmm. amazing. After Destiny's Child, in fact, it's not even after, actually, you released your first solo album, Heart to Yours, which sold 200,000 copies in the first mm-hmm. week, which is insane. Why was it so important to you to, to share that side of you and to make mm-hmm. that gospel album? And yes. how did your faith help you throughout your career? Well, I didn't want to wait until after
1: everything was over to now you want to do gospel. Mm. You know, um, I'm glad I made that move because there were so many people that were saying, Michelle, because of you, I listen to gospel music now. That's Mm. part of my upbringing. That's part of my faith. Um, And so I wanted people to know that, you know, you can strategically, seemingly do it all. Mm. And I love gospel music. I love R&B music. I love jazz. You know, I love all types of music. And so I just knew that that was the route that I wanted to go. I was like, while I have the attention of millions of people. And I think that year, that was the highest selling gospel album of that year.
0: You know, and so I'm glad that I did it then. And honestly, I think that as much as I know that you said that you were known as like the church girl of Disney's Child, you inspired so many people to just be comfortable mm. in themselves and to be proud of their religion and know that you can have your religion and you can still get up on stage, be confident, do all the things that you've done. And Absolutely. to me, that's why you're on hashtag role model baby because. Hey, hey. <laughs> because that is what you represent it. And now you're an author and obviously you've recently released your book, which is titled, Checking In, How Getting Real About Depression Saved My Life. So what allowed you to, to, what, what made you decide that now was the right time to open up and be so candid about your mental health, about your own personal perception of yourself and your personal story? I wanted to just continue the journey and share
1: while I'm on the journey. Writing this book was very healing and very restorative. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to continue telling the the story. Hopefully that it gives someone a voice. Hopefully it helps somebody identify, okay, I've been going through this too. Okay, maybe Mm -hmm. I can, Michelle will give me courage to go get the help that I need you know, so that I live a better quality of life
0: as it relates to my emotions and my mental Mm -hmm. health. I love the fact that you kept it so raw and real, but it's also hilarious. And there's a story, I think, about your first crush who was the organ player at your church, right? Yeah. And people always tell you though, that you should never fall for the musicians at church, but obviously it worked out, not for you, but for your cousin, because- uh, <laughs>
1: But first of <laughs> all, he was way, 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 way older than me. And for some reason, I just had this crush on this person. <laughs> it was just one of those childhood crushes or enamored with someone. Mm. You know, so that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: I agree with you. Stay away from the musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Says, uh, I got a rapper, so damn, I'm, maybe oh. I made the wrong choice. <laughs> no. I Emmy. <Abby, Abby. laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. I'll let you know how it goes. Please do. Please. You know, just as long as respect
1: is the foundation. If respect is being mm-hmm. served, love and honesty is
0: being served, it could yes. work. This is what I needed to ask you because you also mentioned a very good little tidbit of advice. If a guy cannot claim you in public, yeah, he doesn't deserve you in private. Give me a couple more of those Michelle top tips because I need these red flags. Psychoanalyze me. Yeah. Give it to me, baby. I need to know the red flags. It's one thing to be private. Mm.
1: It's another thing to be a secret. Mm. Some people are naturally private and they only share personal things with their safe tribe of people. Mm. Because being public figures, everybody is privy to what you're doing or they want to know what you're doing. But a secret is, okay, we're only going to move at a certain time of night. My family knows nothing about you. Mm. Like say if I'm dating a guy, but none of his friends know. Now, I do mm. believe in, for a while, keep it to yourself. But if you're starting to be intimate and you're going out, but nobody knows, it's like... Red flag? Yeah, mm. I, I would say red flag. But like I said, there's a difference between being private, that we we mutually decided to be private. Both Mutual agree, being key as well. <laughs> but it's different where... The only reason why sometimes a person is a secret
0: is because
1: there's some other people in the picture. Ooh. The picture frame is full.
0: It's not two people in that selfie.
1: There's, there's three of you But once again, it has to be mutual. Always ask for, hey, are you seeing other people? And if they mm. say yes, then you have the choice. Honesty helps me adjust. Honesty helps me, gives me a choice in how
0: I want to move. Honestly, I can't wait for you to go and get your degree because you're going to be so good talking to people. Oh my gosh. I've I've had (laughs) enough
1: failure in that area where I'm like, okay, I see what I did wrong. I see I tolerated too much dysfunction. Mm. I was a secret before. So that's the only reason why I know how to speak on it. Mm. And it's like, that's not something I'm going to do. I'm way too amazing. You are. For you don't want to keep me a secret. I bring way too much to the table. Huh? Leomi, you bring way too much to the table. You bring humor, a good heart. Uh, you got your own. So it's not like you need somebody for what they have.
0: This is correct. Like, we're tens. You're right across the board. You are so right. Uh, I'm yes. Not, I'm not
1: going to settle, but they are settling in areas of compromise. Like, okay, maybe we can compromise in the area of communication. We can work on those areas. Mm. There's a difference. But that's a whole other podcast, sis. That's a, we... uh, and that's a whole other chapter in the book.
0: I'll, honestly, Oh my God. We got to get so together. We got to get together more. I know. I know that you have got the tips, the teeth, the everything. You got and it. And honestly, I can't wait. The listeners, you need to go and grab Michelle's book because it is just so funny, it is so raw, it's so honest. And I want to say thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me today on Role Model. Because you obviously have been one of my Listen, biggest role models.
1: You're doing good. And honestly, this is
0: a dream come true. You're doing
1: good. Thank you for having me. And how you're you're just not a model. Your interviewing skills are amazing. Um, it just flowed. It just flowed like a conversation, and so thank you so oh. much for having me. And thank you so much,
0: Michelle. Role model is a something else production, produced by Harriet Wells. Additional production from Steve Ackerman. The executive producers are Claire Solon and Chris Skinner. Special thanks goes to Ella McLeod, Charlotte Tahira, Jesse Donnelly, Emma Lansden, and Mark Rivers. The sound engineer was Gulliver Tickle. Next time on Role Model. When you're doing these sex scenes, are you Ryan or are you Alexandra? (laughs) Because talk me through, actually, how do you film a a sex scene? You know, it's a really awkward thing. That's like acting for sure. Because when you cut the cameras off, we're like splitting up. I'm like... Wrapping myself up, being, like, quiet. (laughs) Now things have actually changed, like, more recently where people get um, choreographers for the sex scenes.